You know, I want, I want to encourage you. Um, hallelujah. I just want to sit in this right now. I think there's another wave of blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be sure. You can be sure this is set aside for the right things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I swear to you, I had no intention of doing this. Zero. This is, this is a God thing. This is seed sown into the right soil. You know, um, when, I was, when I was about 20 years old, 19, 20 years old, I was in a little church in Oregon, City, Oregon, and uh, the pastor came up and gave me a, a big manila envelope. And uh, I was getting ready to go to school and play basketball somewhere, and uh, inside this envelope was Rama Bible Training Center. And I opened it, I'm like, there ain't no chance I'm going to a Bible school. I'm going to play basketball. Probably can't even have a girlfriend at Bible school. <laughs> so I wasn't really saved at like 18, 19 years old, okay? So I apologize. And, uh, and so this went on and so forth. Long, long story, many years down the road, uh, my mom tells me that the pastor gave me that manila envelope from an older lady in the church, an elder of the church. He said, can you give this to Bill? I believe he's supposed to go there, and I'll take care of all the fees and the living costs for him if he goes. Pastor didn't tell me that she'd do that, so I didn't go. My mom tells me this many years later. She goes, you know, son, that was completely paid for. You would have completely had everything taken care of if you would have went to Ramah. I said, why didn't somebody tell me that? I didn't know how to even pray. I wasn't saved. They just, this lady was, though. She heard from God. She heard from God. You know, God is so faithful to what he's, what he's called you to and how to lead you that I didn't even know how to be led at that time at 18, 19 years old. I didn't know anything about it. And then Rama Bible Training Center and Brother Hagen and Pastor Hagen. That I call it the fruit tree. <laughs> that fruit tree I end up getting attached to anyways. Amen. From Pastor Mark. Amen. And um, that's that's powerful. You know, my, my mom would, my mom's mom, my grandma would. Would, and she was poor. They were so poor, they just said po. There was no O. They couldn't afford the O and the R. I mean, it was, my mom would tell me they grew up on this river called the Smith River down in Northern California. And the floorboard of their bedroom that all the girls shared, the nine sisters, um, there would be a hole in the wood floor and they would, <laughs> they would fish in it. And I said, well, well, was it big enough to pull the fish through? And she goes, no, but somehow we got them off the hook. And uh, they would do that at night and they'd get in trouble. And I don't know why I just shared that. Oh, because they were that poor. And uh, anyways, grandma would save um, 25 cents to 50 cents a month, and she would send it to Oral Roberts Ministry. And uh, it's crazy. Both my girls went to Oral Roberts University. One's working on her master's program right now. The other one met her, her husband at Oral Roberts University. 
Now you tell me it doesn't matter where you sow your seed. Isn't that crazy? So think about, you didn't just bless a young lady going to a Bible school, to a college. What kind of blessings and seeds did you sow down the line for your kids and your grandkids and your grandkids and their grandkids? See, there's so much spiritual principle of what, we, what just took place. And I didn't have any of this plan to say either because I didn't even think about it. But I'm telling you, when we sow seeds to what God has told, told us to sow seed to, there are generational impacts. She would pray every Sunday. My grandma would pray every Sunday about the little, the little children in Africa and that she would always wish that she would be able to go to, this, go to Africa and, and, and preach to the little children. Never even knew it. We're getting ready to go in 2015, and, and my mom and my aunt in separate, separate conversations share that story with me. Made it a little different when I'm walking on that soil in Uganda, Africa, knowing my grandma had been praying those prayers every Sunday with the children that she would, she would teach in Sunday school. What we do here is, is, is way more than physical stuff. The physical stuff gets altered by the spiritual faith of what we believe in. And if, we, if when you're walking in this, in this faith walk that we get to, we get to walk in it. And we get to be blessed in it. And when it seems that you're weary and it seems that you're tired and it seems that you don't know how to get back into that path, I'm telling you, Paul told us how. He said, stir up the gift that God put inside you. And when you start praying about it and you, start, and you pray in the Holy Spirit and, you, and you're praying in, in tongues and you're, and you're praising Him and you're worshiping and, you're, and you're, you're just sitting there saying, glory to God for the gifts that you put inside of me, for the gift of this and the gift of this and the gift of this and the gift of this. It's going to affect generational packages. It's going to make your, it's going to, it may make your life, it may make your children's life or your grandchildren or great grandchildren and down the line, all of a sudden be affected that I'm a part of a fruit tree of Brother Hagen and Pastor Hagen's Rhema Training Bible School that I was supposed to go to, but I was so stupid that I didn't know about it. And God still said, hey, you answered and I'll attach you. And I've been blessed spiritually beyond I can't, I never even knew there was anything to be sitting there going, hey, I want to be blessed by this much spiritually. I had no clue. I just wanted to answer the call. I just, I just wanted to answer the call of what God put on my life because what he did for me. There's nothing I did for God. There's like, man, come on. Like, let, let's say if, if hypothetically any of us in here, I don't want to say hypothetically, Let's say by the end of, end of your life, whatever you've been praying for, whatever, whatever that looks like, gets answered and manifests here on earth. It's still no measure of what he did for us. It's no measure, man. God is so beautiful. Brings up a young man to get prayed for. He had the faith to come up to get healed and set free and put on the right path, and he accepts Jesus right up here. He loves us so much that he brought a young lady into young adults on Monday and gets saved. And she has the faith and the belief in Jesus Christ, um, a person that we can't see, but we know he's alive. And she comes up and gets healed. He loves us. I can't put it into words. 
We can sing songs and sing songs and sing songs, and there's not a song on the face of this planet that eloquently puts it good enough for the measure of his love towards us. There's just not, man. Like, I wish it was, I wish I could somehow put it into words of just like, love's just not enough. I don't think we know the definition of love that he understands. I was talking to somebody the other week and, and, and the story was told of a drop, a drop from the ocean hit this person that was praying about God's love, saying, I want to experience all your love. And a drop hit him and he was overwhelmed by God's love and compassion for himself. And the Holy Spirit says this to him. He goes, that's just a drop. My real love is this entire ocean and the depth of it as well. And the drop completely like revolutionized this guy's understanding for, lo- for God's love for him. He loves, he loves us so much that he gave the, an African pastor in 1984 a vision that white, a white pastor would be coming to speak to, at his church in 1984. And it happened this last summer to him, last, last November. God loved him so much in 1984. What has he shown you? Don't doubt that it has faded away or, or, or burned out. It is not burned out. God's word does not burn out. God's word does not burn out. It is everlasting. It's everlasting. You can take it to the bank. His love for you can heal your wounds. His love for you, sorry, there's somebody over here. His love for you can overflow into your home. His love for you can can fill the voids of your home that that you've always wanted. His love for you can make you wake up and walk out of your bedroom almost kind of giddy and happy of going like, I don't even know why I'm happy. This is awesome. He loves me. He loves me. I tell my young adults often, I'm like, do you ever just walk around and be like, I would love, I'm going to challenge all of us to do this. I just have to. I'm going to challenge all of us to do this tomorrow morning. Miss Amy, will you please let me know if Pastor Mark does this tomorrow? (laughs) I I want all of us to do this tomorrow morning. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jonathan if Pastor Witt did it too. I want to walk out of our room in the morning. And he's like, he loves me. He loves me. Yeah. You don't have to do this. I just want to know if he would. (laughs) He loves me. You can't even be mad at people if 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 you say that. You get in trouble or, or your boss, you don't like your boss. I mean, first of all, I mean, come on now, love your boss. You don't have to, you know, I won't get into that whole preaching message. But like, I, he loves me. Somebody makes you mad on the road. <laughs> he loves me. God loves me. How can you be mad when you know God loves you? It can't happen. It was like this. <laughs> Please stand up. Does everybody remember him getting prayed for? The realization and the power of God's love for him made him giggle. 
<laughs> like a schoolgirl. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he will walk out of his house, to his bedroom tomorrow. He'll be like, God loves me. I really want you to do that. It will change, one, your day, and it will bring into perspective into you that he loves you. And say it throughout the day. If you were going on a mission trip with me, I would ask you to do this and challenge you to do this and really kind of make you do this. Set your alarm on your watch or your phone every 15 minutes and just be like, he loves me. And you don't even have to stop working. You'd be like, he loves me. And your email will be way nicer. (laughs) You think I'm joking, but it changed people's lives every time we do that and, and prepare people. Every 15 minutes, just a little, a little reminder, <laughs> he loves me. It's putting your mind on things above, not on things below. It's the practicality of that scripture verse. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me just, I, I just want to sh- share this because it was coming up in me earlier and then uh, Pastor Bill had done with this one woman praying for the other person earlier uh, was... Uh, directly tied to, uh, in fact, he said, said the very, one of the very scriptures that was in my heart to, to share. There, there's something real important about us taking what we have and, and giving. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about spiritual things and really whatever God gives you, but taking what he has and, and giving. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, before Israel had kings, the Lord would raise up deliverers when they would call on him because their their enemies would you know, there's lots of wars and people taking lands and taking people and, and they would seek the Lord and he would raise up, you know, people like Samson, you've probably heard of him, and, uh, and others that would come along and be deliverers of God's people, all right? And you, you come over into the, the New Testament now and the New Covenant, you see it in Jesus' ministry. It wasn't, someone say, well, Jesus you know, healed the sick and opened the blind eyes and, and all these things. And wasn't Jesus wonderful? And there was no one else like Jesus. Well, except for the 12. Well, and the 70. In other words, what Jesus was doing, he was handing off and other people were doing it. This is all before he was crucified, right? All before he was, all before he defeated the devil. And uh, what he was doing, other people were doing. In other words, he didn't treat everyone like you need to just receive, but he, he would tell them, this was one of the scriptures that was quoted earlier in part, freely you have received, freely give. And so he would tell them and he would send them out. He said, now you go set people free. Now you go open the blind eyes. You go set captives free. You, you bring healing to those who are oppressed, Right. And that's been the Lord's pattern. Then you come over into uh, the new covenant. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, he then authorized the whole church. All right. And he said, you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You'll, you will cast out demons, right? We preach the gospel. And so it's not just the Lord doing it, but it's us doing it. It's God using us and doing things through us. And so just like in, the old, in those Old uh, Testament days, he would raise up deliverers. 
That's a picture of what he has raised us up to do. Again, and it's not limited to just a few people. I mean, uh, again, with, with Jesus' ministry, sure, there were the 12 apostles, but there's no mention of the 70 being apostles. They were, I don't know, available, usable, willing, and God would use them. And today, likewise, the Spirit of God has come to all the body of Christ, and anyone who makes themselves available, I tell you, we need more deliverers. We need more people who will set captives free. And, and, and we don't have to be completely all fixed up 100% and got every part of our life together before we can do this. You don't have to be perfect in all your ways before you can be a tool in the hand of God and set other people free. Do we, we know that, right? Because if that were true, none of us could be used. Yeah. And so there's something about just saying, I'm not just always going to be in the healing line. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to find my own line somewhere. It doesn't have to be a line. You understand? But I, I don't, I'm not just, I'm not just one just to have hands laid on me because I have a need or I need a healing. Uh, but I, I believe I am a deliverer. I am here to set captives free. So how do I know I can do that? Use the name of Jesus. It's not your name. It's, you're not, you know, I don't operate in my name. Come on. I've never said be healed in the name of Mark. <laughs> not once. Why? Because it wouldn't work. <laughs> but I can do it in the name of Jesus. And you have just as much access to that name as I do. As any, and the Lord, I believe, is raising up more of his body. Yeah. I mean, it's always been there in one sense, but he's stirring people up now to be deliverers. We're going to set captives free. Amen. We open the blind eyes. We set at liberty those who are bruised. We preach the good news to the poor. Come on. Well, we are the ones to take what we have. Someone say, well, I don't have much. Neither did that little boy with the fish and loaves. Didn't have much, but then he gave it to Jesus and it fed a multitude. And whatever we have, I say, let's not wait until we have a full five-course meal. Let's take our chicken nuggets and give them. <laughs> Amen. So well, I don't have much. Well, you got your chicken nuggets. I'm saying you've got the name of Jesus and that's more than a chicken nugget. <laughs> but I'm saying with experience or knowledge, we feel like you don't have enough or know enough or have enough influence. I tell you, you are anointed by the Spirit of God to set captives free. Yes. So be willing, be available, and take a step. You know, well, if the Lord brings anyone across my path, how about when the Lord brings someone across my path? Because yeah, if, we might not ever do anything. But if we say, I am gifted, I am anointed, I am appointed by God himself, and I'm going to take what I know, I'm going to take what I have, and freely I've received, and I'm going to give. Amen. And set people free. We live in a very crooked and perverse generation. You know how the devil's messing with people? Our country's trying to mess everyone up, you know, sexually. Get everybody confused and in bondage. All it's doing is open doors, opening doors for demons to get a hold of people. And it's happening right and left. We, lots more people now than even just a couple years ago need delivered. The devil is messing with them. They need someone who's in charge. Who's that? It's you. That's me. Authorized. I wrote a whole book on that. Authorized to go, for, go forth and set the captives free. Amen? 
So let's do that. Amen. Thank you, Lord.